0: Good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship Church. I want to welcome everybody who's worshiping with us via video, which would be everyone today, because I'm on sabbatical. And so I'm not with you live, but I recorded this uh, a couple of days before I left uh, to begin my sabbatical. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of gossip. And I'll tell you why I chose this topic. I was going to talk about this sometime this year. But it gave me the perfect occasion as I was getting ready to leave on sabbatical when my son, uh, who's a student at Auburn, my youngest son Graham, received a text from someone saying, I heard your dad was leaving Centerpoint. And he said, Dad, what should I tell him? I said, well, text him back and say, no, he's not. (laughs) And so he did. And later on, the person contacted him and said, hey, I'll make sure that doesn't go anywhere. What's happening? And Graham had told him that I was leaving on sabbatical and that it's just a time to rest and refresh. I'm going to come back and hit it hard again. This is to keep me here, not so I could leave. Well, it was only a couple of days before that that my wife talked to someone who had heard that we were sick, that I was sick, and it was leaving center point because I was sick. And they'd heard that, and that I heard from several different people. So there were rumors going around. So I thought, you know what? While I'm gone, I'm going to do a talk about gossip. In both these cases, we had good friends who were able to put those rumors to rest. After we talked to them, they said, well, I'm going to go make sure that stops, which was great. But sometimes you can't do that. And sometimes when a rumor gets started, it gets traction and goes far beyond what anybody could imagine. Careers have been damaged. Jobs have been lost. Marriages have been destroyed because of gossip. The Bible talks about it as serious sin, but the good news is the Bible also talks about some practical ways we can get rid of it in our lives. I want to share a lot of insights from Scripture today with you. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you that even though I'm not physically with everybody at Center Point this morning, this message can be delivered. We live in a wonderful time. And Lord, what's better than that is your word is faithful for us to read 24-7 all the time. And your Holy Spirit is with us. And so Lord, we can understand you and how you want us to live anytime we want. And I pray that today you will speak and teach us how you want us to control our tongues and get rid of gossip. I pray, Lord, you'd use my tongue today to make clear what you want us to hear. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about gossip. Let me define it for us today, what I mean by that. I mean idle talk, rumors, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. Busybody type of things, junk that nobody needs to be talking about. And the Bible says that gossip is sin. You'll see that in a little bit. And here's why it's such a big deal is because gossip ruins relationships. Ruins relationships. At Center point: we say it's all about relationships. And we mean that. Life is all about a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. Everything important in our life revolves around relationships, family and marriage and partnerships. Um, all those things matter to us, and they can all be damaged very easily by gossip. Here, here are a couple of things that gossip does. First of all, gossip makes people angry. It makes them angry. It gets people mad. As surely as the north wind brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. Proverbs 25:23. Without wood, a fire goes out; without gossip, a quarrel dies down. And it's true. Two people who are fighting with each other, sometimes the argument is about something they're pretty upset, but they really get upset when they hear what was said after they left the meeting or after the altercation had occurred, they were about ready to let it go until they got a phone call from a friend who said, hey, did you hear what was said about you? And now all of a sudden the thing flares up twice as big as it was before. Gossip makes people angry. Gossip also destroys trust. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Proverbs eleven thirteen. It's funny, in the discussion Questions here for Connect Groups, uh, quoted Ben Franklin on this one. Three may keep a secret if two of them are dead. (laughs) And I think Benjamin Franklin was right on that. Because gossips go around telling secrets. If you have a friend who's a confidant, someone who can keep a secret, hang on to that friend. That's a good friend. They visit me. Here's what David said. These people visit me as if they're my friends, but all the while they gather gossip. And when they leave, they spread it everywhere. Nobody wants a friend like that. Because you lose trust, you lose a relationship. How can you have a friend if you can't trust them? Uh, never forget a friend of mine. He, had a, he said at the place we worked, one of the receptionists there, he said, I have to be so careful about everything I say uh, because, man, anything you tell her just gets spread throughout the whole company. In fact, the nickname for her is the mouth of the south. And when people start work there, that's what they're warned about. May that never be said about you and me. My goodness, Um, that's not the way to begin a relationship. Thirdly, the damage done by gossip is hard to undo. Not only does it make people angry and break trust, but, man, once that trust is broken and once people are stirred up in anger because of gossip, it's hard to put things right again. The words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into a man's innermost parts. parts, Proverbs 18.8 I mean, when I eat a choice morsel and, I, and it goes down into my innermost parts, that means I've digested it. You're not going to get it back again. It's gone. It's distributed all throughout my body. And that's the same way it is with gossip. Once that goes out in an email, once that gets posted to Facebook, once that goes out to a phone call to several people, well, that gets scattered everywhere. And it's hard to ever get it back. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates the best of friends. There you go again, like seeds... Seeds of strife, a little word, a little opinion, a little characterization. And now all of a sudden, somebody's made up their mind about me when I'm just really meeting them for the first time. And how do they know so much about me? And why do they think this about me? And all of a sudden, I find out that somebody's been talking to them. And there goes the trust, and there goes the anger. And now I've lost a relationship. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Mm. Most of us can think of somebody where we used to be close friends and we've drifted apart now and sometimes we can trace it back to something that was said. I know a friend of mine and I, our relationship went through a real rocky patch because I helped him move one day. He was calling me needing to help moving out of his apartment. He would promised his wife to pack it up. She'd gone ahead to get the new place ready in another city and I was helping him pack, and he said he'd have everything ready, just needed me to come help load it on the truck. When I got to his house, he didn't have anything ready, and we only had a few hours, and they had to get out, and so we were just sticking everything in any box we could find. Nothing was labeled. We got it all out just under the deadline. He got on his way. We high-fived. I thought everything was great. Well, a few weeks later, I hear from a friend of how his wife was so mad when they were unpacking those boxes that nothing made sense anywhere, and and he didn't want to take responsibility for his actions. So he blamed it all on me and said that I wouldn't listen to him and I just stuck things in boxes and all these things. And I got out to a bunch of our mutual friends and they go, why would you do that, John? And I hadn't done that. And so I called him and I said, hey, this is what I'm hearing here. How'd this get started? And he said, well, you know, my wife was upset and I should have said this different and I'm sorry. And I go, well, don't apologize just to me. Go apologize to all these people who are saying this about me. And it took a while to get over that. And I think you can understand why. If you and I stay away from gossip, we won't have to do this because it'll destroy trust. It'll make people angry and it's terribly hard to undo. That brings us to the next point here. Equal to all the pain it causes us in relationships, it can undermine our credibility as believers. I mean, not only will I lose a friend, but my goodness, if I've been working on relationships, I want to invite people to come to our church or come to my connect group or Hey, I want to have a serious conversation about my faith. Well, why would they listen to me if um, everything I say gets undermined because they don't trust me anymore because I'm a gossip? James talks about this in James one twenty six. He said, look, if you claim to be religious but you don't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Non-Christians and Christians alike can't stand gossip. I mean, they hate it. We all do. And it annoys us when somebody is talking bad about others, and then trying to say, hey, do you want to come be a part of my faith? So you can talk bad about me too? I mean, do you want to talk about me the same way you talk about those other people in your connect group? Because you dish on them all the time. Mm. So a couple of pointers on this. Gossip is a practice of people who are far from God. This is a practice of unbelievers. In Romans 1, where Paul is talking about people who don't know God and don't submit to God's will. Here's what he says. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness and sin and greed and hate and envy and murder and quarreling and deception, malicious behavior and gossip. I mean, in Romans 1, Paul says he equates gossip as a sin that's right up there with greed and hate and envy and murder. Because we can assassinate somebody's character with gossip. We can destroy their future, or an opportunity at least. And so you and I need to take this as serious sin. This is for people who are far from God. That's what they do, not for people who are Christians. In fact, that's point B. Gossip should not be the practice of Christians. When Paul was writing the Christians in Corinth, he was visiting them. Some people had written him and they said, hey, Paul, you got to check this out in Corinth. There's some real problems there. Paul said, for I'm afraid that when I come to visit you, I won't like what I find. And then you won't like my response. I'm afraid that I'll find quarreling and jealousy and outbursts of anger, selfishness, backstabbing. Here it is. Gossip, conceit and disorderly behavior. And Paul said, hey, this has... Nothing to do with the Christian lifestyle. This is not how Christians act. I'm reminded of that story of the of a pastor who uh, was working on um, his water heater at his house. He went to a hardware store and he had a, a component. He wasn't sure how it fit and he wanted to go in. Uh, the guy told him to bring it in and they'd figure it out together. and uh, So he brought it in and there wasn't a place to park in front of the hardware store, but there was a bar next door and there was a parking spot. Over there, So he parked there, went in the hardware store, and it took a couple of hours because they had to solder some joints and work on all this together. And finally got it fixed, and so the pastor took it home and um, went and put his water heater back together. Well, the, uh, there was a woman in his church who was a notorious gossip, and she had driven up and down Main Street or wherever it was where his car had been parked in front of this bar and seen his car there for several hours one afternoon. And so she took a picture of it, posted it on Facebook, told all her friends, pastor's just drinking the afternoon away in the bar. I think he has a drinking problem, and this got out all over the place. Well, the pastor went to her and showed her the receipt and told her what he'd been working on the water heater and said, why would you say this about me? Why wouldn't you call me and ask me if you were concerned about where I parked, for instance? She said, well, I shouldn't have to do that. I mean, you're a person, you're a public figure. You should know better than to park in front of a bar. If you leave your car there in front of the afternoon, all afternoon, I have a right to think about what I'm, what, anything I want about that. So I'm not going to apologize. The pastor said, okay. And so that night he parked his car in front of her house and walked home. Some of you will figure out that later, that that's really funny. Um, so anyway, that is not good behavior for Christians, to gossip. But there are four things we can do about gossip. If it ruins trust, if it ruins relationships, makes people angry, it's hard to fix, it's not the behavior for Christians, then what do we do? Well, here are four things we can do. I want to hit these real quickly. First of all, we can examine our hearts. If I have a gossip problem, I have a heart problem. Here's why. Jesus said the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks. Once a year or so at Center Point, I use this illustration because it's something I want us all to remember. And I don't mind repeating it because it's something I need to remind myself of. If I want to check and see how my heart is doing, if my heart is lined up rightly with God, here's a simple test it works like this. If I want to know what's inside of a cup, if somebody's carrying around at a party and I can't see inside the cup, there's an easy way to find out. All I have to do is bump into the person because whatever's in the cup is what's going to come out. There's water in this cup and when I bump it, that's what came out. If that had been coffee, that's what would have come out. Now, if you and I want to find out if we have a problem with gossip or other things or if our heart's right, all we have to do is say, hey, how, have I, how did I react when things weren't going well? I mean, if I've had plenty of sleep, and my finances are in good shape, and I just ate my Wheaties, it's pretty easy for me to control my tongue, control my temper, and just move on through things. But what if I've been sick, and what if money's tight, and the radiator just went out on my car, and the neighbor said some things about me, and now all of a sudden, right in the middle of all that, all kinds of gossip is coming out of my mouth. Well, that's going to probably tell me there's something in my heart related to my neighbor. Am I angry at that person? Is there something that needs forgiveness? Is there a problem that needs to be resolved? Am I jealous of something? Am I insecure about something? What's going on there? If I have a gossip problem, I've got a heart problem. One of the best ways to find out if I have a heart problem is to analyze how how have I been handling it lately when things haven't been going well? Have I been dealing with problems effectively, one-on-one with the person who's caused me a problem? Or am I just kind of going out there and talking to others about it? Because that says a lot about me. David put it this way. He said, Search me, O God. This is Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Hmm. If you and I... We're going to get rid of gossip. First step is to examine our own hearts and say, God, why am I participating in this? Why did I pass that on? Would you show me? And Lord, when you show me, would you show me what to do about it? Because I want that out. If you and I are willing to pray prayers like that, God will answer that prayer. Because He hates gossip. And He hates what it does to our relationship with Him and our relationships with others. Not only can we examine our hearts, secondly, you and I can mind our own business. We can. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Stay calm, mind your own business, do your own job. Would you say that with me, please? Stay calm, mind your own business, do your own job. Some of you are just going to plaster that on the wall, every wall above every door in your company. Or you might put it up over the door to your kitchen. I don't know where you're going to put it, but it's true. If we've been feeling like other people and sticking their nose in our business, we go, man, that's a verse for you. Well, that's the same verse people quote to us when we're sticking our nose into their business. None of us like it. And if you and I want to get rid of gossip, a good way is, if I'm minding my own business, I don't have a lot to talk about regarding you. And you don't have a lot to talk about regarding me. Proverbs 20:19. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Chatterers. By the way, did you know that? I was, it was really interesting to me when I was looking at different translations, to how diff- that word gossip, there are several words for gossip in uh, New Testament Greek. But it was really interesting. Some of the words mean whisperers. Some, of, some or it's translated some, in some translations as whisperers or tale bearers or tattlers or chatterers. I don't like any of those. And neither do you. I don't like tattletales. And I don't like whisperers. I don't like people who are telling tall tales. And um, if we mind our own business, we can cut a lot of that out. Don't eavesdrop on others, Ecclesiastes 7. You may hear your servant curse you, for you know how often you yourself have cursed others. Mm. You know, mind own business includes this. If you're walking down the hall and the door is open to a conference room and you can hear a discussion going on in there that you weren't invited to and it's none of your business, that's the time to keep on walking. You may overhear something you were never intended to hear. And if that happens, now you've got a crisis of confidence or a crisis of conscience where now you have to carry a burden that you were never meant to carry. Keep walking. Don't eavesdrop. If an email gets sent to you inadvertently and you know it's wrong, don't open it. Just delete it. And certainly don't pass it on. We can examine our hearts. We can mind our own business. And we can hold our tongues. We can just stop talking. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. That's another verse that I want us to read together. It's Proverbs 21, 23. Would you read it with me, please? Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. If I could summarize, take one verse out of this whole lesson that would help us the most. This is it. One more time. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Mercy. I had a friend advise me on how to talk to another friend of ours who would fill me in all these juicy secrets in college and things. And I, I'd become a Christian in college. And I said, I don't know how to handle that. What would you do? He said, well, the next time he comes to talk to you, just tell him, hey, that's none of my business. Or if he asks you to have an opinion on it, say, no, I don't. That's none of my business. He said, you do that a few times and he'll quit coming to you. And that's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. He quit talking to me. And the level of gossip went way down in my life because I just wouldn't talk about it. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. And then there's another related proverb. This is one of my favorites, Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> I mean, that is just a dandy. I have personal experience with that verse. I, uh, my undergraduate was in engineering, and when I started seminary, I found myself in a whole different type of discipline. The classes were different how we went through our homework was different. In all my engineering classes, it was about facts and formulas and theorems. And you would go to a chalkboard and write out your proof. In seminary, it was about opinions and philosophies and debate. And I was just way out of my comfort zone. I remember the first time I had to defend an opinion in a seminary class, I was in with some people that had been in seminary a lot longer than I had. And uh, right in the middle of one of these debates, I had somebody stand up, and they just berated me, and they said I was wrong because of this, 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 and this. And I was even taking notes because they used some words I'd never heard before at that time and, and all these things. And at the end of it, after the class was over, the professor who was r- teaching the class came up to me and said, man, John, I just really appreciate the way you handled it. If, if I'd have been insulted as bad as you were right there, I couldn't have held my tongue. <laughs> and the good news was, I didn't even know I'd been <laughs> insulted. And so he thought I was a really godly guy just because I didn't respond. And um, so uh, I won't tell you his name, because that's a secret I'm still keeping. But but even fools are thought-wise when they keep silent. When they keep their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Wouldn't I rather seem intelligent if I just keep my mouth shut than open my mouth and erase all doubt that I'm not? Hmm. Don't badmouth your leaders. By the way, this whole business here about um, holding our tongues, it applies not just at work, it applies at home. Don't badmouth your leaders, not even under your breath, and don't abuse your betters, even the privacy of your own home. Loose talk has a way of getting picked up and spread around like little little birds will drop the crumbs of your gossip far and wide. Mm. How many times have conversations been picked up, overheard in the break room? Or in the next booth at a restaurant or somebody looking over your shoulder while you're sending an angry text or somebody receiving an email accidentally. And now it's spread everywhere. It's better not to say it at all. We can examine our hearts. We can mind our own business. We can keep our mouths shut and just stop talking. And finally, fourthly, we can confront others privately. You know, the right way to deal with things When I have a problem with someone else or they have a problem with me, it's not to go talk to a third party about the problems I have with them, but to go straight to them and say, hey, can I talk to you? I don't like what happened here. Jesus said to his disciples that that was the right way to go. In fact, here's his teaching on this from Matthew 18, 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately, and please circle the word privately there, and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, then you've won that person back. What God wants us to do is he wants us to deal with things, again, rightly, so we can have a relationship and not spoil a relationship by talking to others. Many times if we go straight, just straight to the person, we could save so much time and bring the anger level way down. Proverbs 25 also adds an important point. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you'll never regain your good reputation. So not only do we confront them in private, but then after it's over, we keep the conversation to ourselves because it's not just important to go and deal with it and then go say, hey, I went and dealt with this and let me tell you how that person was thinking. Well, we can't betray a confidence. Look, if the Lord spoke to you about any of the things we've talked about in this outline today, I want to promise you that even though I'm on sabbatical, our staff, they're ready to listen and meet with you and you can email them about anything we've talked about here. And If you come in and you want to talk about something, We will sit you down, we'll close the door, and we'll talk about it in private. Because this is something God wants us to help each other do. Our relationships with Him and our relationships with each other are greatly impacted by gossip, and we don't need to fool with this. If you've got a heart condition you want to address, a relationship issue you want advice on, we'll be glad to help you, and we'll even go with you if you want to go confront someone. But let's deal with these things today, and let's get rid of gossip. Because when gossip leaves, the fire goes down. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you for your word. It's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And Lord, we want to practice our faith with our tongues. I pray, Lord, that you will keep us far from sin on this. Lord, I pray that you will examine our hearts and show show us if there's any hurtful way within us so we can remove it. Lord, if there's someone we need to go confront, I pray that we'll go confront them we need somebody to go with us, I pray that we'll get help and we'll get, they'll go with us. Father, I pray that we will be people um, who will keep a short account on things and deal with things quickly and, and not allow things to drag out and allow gossip to grow. Father, forgive us for how many times we have sinned. We've all said things we didn't need to say. Help us to mind our own business, to hold our tongues, and Father, um, to honor You Oh God, we want our Christian witness to be borne out not only in the way we live, but in what we say. And so we pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.